Yo, I'm Will Blackman. This is Upsets and Underdogs presented by WinBet. On today's Underdog episode, we'll break down the teams we think are being overlooked as we head into week 18 of the NFL regular season. There are some fantastic divisional matchups going on with huge playoff implications like the Niners versus the Rams and the Chargers versus the Raiders. And since we're going into the final week of the regular season, there are some really interesting contract incentives that could have a huge effect on player props. So you don't want to miss this. We have a great guest joining us. We have seven-year NFL veteran and a fellow member of the 06 draft class, Bobby Carpenter. We'll also look ahead to the college football championship matchup between Alabama and Georgia. So stick around. All right. This show is brought to you by WinBet. Week 18 is coming in hot and there's no better time to get in on the action. So download the WinBet app right now and start winning today. WinBet offers unique markers like NFL yardage leaders, team exact win totals, and a ton more. Plus, new users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $1, win $100 offer. If you bet just $1, you can win a free $100 bet on any sport. NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, UFC, boxing, and more. And they're also offering a 200% wager matchup up to $1,500. For all the details on these offers, download WinBet now and set the odds in your favor. Offer subject to change, term and conditions at winbet.com, must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available to you. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And welcome to the show, my dog, Lamb. Nick, you got like 10 names. What's the word? Welcome to the show, Lamb. And I'm excited this week, Will. It's one of my favorite weeks, ironically enough, though the season is coming to an end. We got some incentives. We got some teams playing for seasonal milestones. Guys want to get paid. So uh, I'm looking forward to breaking this down with you. That's what's up. No, I'm excited, too. Um, it's weird. It's 18 weeks. And it's funny that this long season has actually benefited a lot of teams because otherwise a lot of teams would be out of picture. But since we are talking ball and we have a legend here, we got my dog, Bobby Carpenter. Welcome to the show. What's the deal, man? Uh, not much. Well, it's exciting. Do this uh, 18th week. You open up the seventh team in the playoffs. A lot different than when we were playing. You know, that uh, it makes it a lot more compelling. Uh, just one team getting the buy. So a lot of teams still playing for stuff. So pretty exciting stuff, man. I'm, I'm juiced about this week 18 matchup. No, I'm excited. Actually, first of all, it's, I'm like super stoked to have you on the show because even though we didn't play on the same team or necessarily against each other all the time, I mean, we, we did a few times, but the fact that like you, we were a part of the same recruiting class, 2002, and also part of the same draft class. And it's such a, it's such a crazy and small world. Like here we are now, like on the show together. First of all, I look, I look at your O2 uh, recruiting class. That class was insane. So, Lamb, if you don't, first of all, obviously you, Bobby, and AJ, but like Mike DeAndrea was like the dude in high school. And then who drives you? He has Maurice came in there, Claret, um, Troy Smith, right? Oh, yeah, man. Just, it was, uh, it was impressive. And it's like, it's interesting you bring that up. Like, AJ and I were like the third and fourth ranked linebackers in our class. And then Mike DeAndrea, Stan White, like two big dudes ranked really high nationally. And uh, Troy was kind of came in as an athlete and was, you know, the second tier quarterback that we had brought in, brought in Justin Zwick, who was you know, highly touted out of uh, Maslin, Washington, a football factory, football powerhouse. And so we had so many, you know, great players that came in and Maurice Claret, obviously, right. he was the Gatorade player of the year. But it was interesting, like running San Antonio Holmes, you know, he was kind of more of a <laughs> you hear this, Nick? guy. Yeah, I mean, like he, he Nick Mangle. Nick Mangold, we ended up having you know, five first-round picks in that 2006 draft. You know, and it was, it was impressive. You know, Heisman Trophy winner in Troy. And a lot of the best players in that class weren't the guys that were like the headline dudes at the top. Right. That's what's up, man. So, uh, before we get into football, I always ask every single guest, what is one point in your career where you felt like an underdog? You felt most like an underdog, and you overcame it. Oh, goodness. I would say, like, as a team, probably the greatest, you know, one of the biggest upsets you're going to have in college football was the O2 National Championship. We were 13 and a half point dogs, I think, to Miami. And I had a friend who was, you know, out of college at the time. You know, he liked to throw some cash on. I mean, I think he won like 10 grand on us. That's wild. He was, man, he was, I know your defense was really good. 
He's like, I put like a decent chunk um, on the point, taking the points. And he goes, I put like the other half on the money line. He's like, because if you guys are going to take get the points, he's like, I figured if it was going to be that close, you guys got a great chance to win it. So, you know, anytime you're playing a team, you know, when you talk about players, you know, Willis McGahee, Andre Johnson, Vince Wilfork. Right. They had 17 uh, first-round picks alone oh, on that team. I mean, my goodness. They had dudes, Sean Taylor, guys all over the place. Buchanan, guys, like, at every level. And it, it's been awesome getting to know some of these guys. You know, DJ Williams um, as well. I mean, just so many dudes, like, all over the place. And so they were supposed to come in and just march all over us. And, you know, frankly, they were a better team. And, you know, I talked to Jonathan Vilma about that. He goes, we were better. He goes, we, you guys were better coach and you were better prepared. We were obviously more talented. I'm like, I, I would never, ever disagree with that. Look at all <laughs> the guys they had. They were really stinking good, but I'm not kidding you. Well, they ran, like we're preparing for them on defense and we look at their cutups and I'm like, this isn't all they run. And they're like, oh yeah, they run like four or five quick they game kept routes. They super like simple, all, man. All American, lead weak, power strong. And, like, it's tough when you're getting, like, seven yards of carry and you can throw it to Andre Johnson just on a nine route or on a, on a post. You know, they've got Ethnic Sands on a cross. Oh, by the way, they had Kellen Winslow as their tight end. I mean, right. like, everything they had was always open. So, like, they didn't need a whole lot of plays. And so we were able to go in there. We had, a, obviously, a very talented uh, defense and kind of slow those guys down. And I don't think they'd ever been in a game in two years. So, yeah, that was, I would say, the biggest time you feel like an underdog where the world's against you and you listen right. for six weeks just how you're trash and you're not going to be able to do it and um, able to you know come in there as a team and, and get that win. That's what's up. So before we get to the game, you are the host of Carp's Corner. Please tell us and the fans about that show. What can we uh, expect when we tune in? Oh, goodness, man. I mean, we got a lot of stuff. Some Baker Mayfield stuff. He's sitting out of the game, you know, talking about potentially you know, what do they do next year? They already gave him his extension. Um, you know, has picked up his fifth year option. So, you know, do they bring in some competition next year? Who could potentially be available? I talk about some of the guys that you could maybe slot in there. Jim Harbaugh, is he jumping ship from Michigan? Does he go to the NFL? Where could he potentially land? Um, so some Chicago. big stuff. Yeah, well, you got the Bears, you got the <laughs> Raiders. I mean, it'd be the irony of all ironies if he went down to Jacksonville and followed Urban Meyer down there. That'd I think be that'd be uh that'd be pretty, pretty interesting stuff as well. And then you're going to dive in on the college side uh, to what's happening out in Oklahoma, you know, with Caleb Williams entering the transfer portal and essentially being like, Hey, um, I'm open for business. Anybody want to check in right. and see how much you guys can pay me. And you know, whether that's good for the long-term health of college football, and then ultimately how that's going to change here over the next couple of years. By the way, that's me again. <laughs> what the, <laughs> what the so so basically we're just in the just in your mind of all your thoughts when it comes to football when we tune into your show oh yeah man i take a little list of the stuff that's happened every couple of days and just bam 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 etch it out and sit there you know and rap about it for about you know 30 to 40 minutes you know, they'll break it up put it all over social media but it's you know a little college little nfl and kind that's of oscillate up. back and forth by the way i am um i, I respect the background Okay, I get I get a lot of compliments on mine, but I, I'm I really respect the fact that you came through and that thing is super pretty. All right. Before we get into some NFL action, let's talk about college football on Monday. We have Alabama and Georgia facing off in the championship game. Alabama is plus three dog in this game versus Georgia. Sixty five percent of the bets coming in um, on Alabama. Fifty fifty eight percent of the money is coming in on Georgia. Um, as you mentioned, Alabama's underdogs and you already talked about. Uh, your team being a double-digit underdog, um, does that tell you anything about this game coming up here? I think it's 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 one of those things where it's like, do you do you really want to bet against like Nick Saban when it matters? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's that's really it. Well, when you look at this, you start breaking it down. You know, and it's interesting in the NFL. You play against teams regularly twice a year, right? You know, sometimes the proximity of which you play. You know, that can impact it. Like you saw the Browns play the Ravens twice this year with a bye week in the middle. I think we in Dallas in 09, we played Philly the last game of the season, then played them back to back in the playoffs. And so, you know, when you play in close proximity like that, like you're going to get with Bama and Georgia, really only one game of film in between, you know, sometimes you begin to wonder and try to figure out like, hey, you know, what are they going to do? How is this going to look? And maybe you chase ghosts. There's a confidence level of, hey, maybe you played really well against this guy. Maybe this guy beat you up a little bit, but you know what he's at least doing. And 
maybe in your mind you feel like you can overcome it. And so you always try to play that psychological game with this. I would say in totality, Georgia's a better football team. However, I think Bama's got the better quarterback. And, you know, even without Mechie, you know, I think their receiving core is really good. And I, I asked this question all year, and Georgia fans hated on me for it. Well, I'm still putting this out. I'm like, if you can get – it was a big if. Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's a big if, but I'm like, if you can protect – and see what that Georgia secondary is like. Because I started talking to some NFL scouts and other coaches, and they're like, their secondary is good, but they're not. This isn't like unworld, no fly zone. They get protected a lot by the fact that you have like two and a half seconds to throw the football. And so right. you can't get to that second, third, fourth receiver and extend plays. Well, Bama and Nick, I mean, he's a Bill Belichick disciple. Hey, what's the best way to get rid of a defensive line? I'm going to start throwing quick screens. Uh, swing passes, lateral runs. I'm going to wear those big dogs out right. inside, and we're going to go no huddle. And by the time you get seven, eight plays into the game, a pass rush is it's just like a, like a zombie, you know, leaning into another guy. And all of a sudden, then you begin to hit them with stuff. And so that's why in this game, you know, maybe Kirby Smart exercises his demons. Maybe Georgia wins their first title in 41 years. But I'm not going to risk, you know, my soft-earned dollars to throw – throw behind that I'm, i would throw them behind nick saban somebody who i've watched get it done in big game after big game year after year that's fair nick talk about 58 percent of the money coming in on georgia yeah so a lot of what bobby said is reigns true in this conversation too you have kirby smart is zero and four against nick saban will and in all four of those games talk about confidence they've had a lead in those games late into the second half so those players probably feel like hey if you know ball bounces in a different way maybe we we win one of those Bama games I think what you're seeing is you saw Alabama take care of Cincinnati and then you saw Georgia obliterate Michigan right and I think people are backing Georgia based off them losing that last game all the expectations coming into that that's one of the reasons why I think the money is coming in on Georgia and the public money is always going to come in on Alabama in this scenario, right? right? Like, do you really want to wager your soft earned money? Like Bobby said <laughs> on Alabama? No, you're like not you always bet say, proceed, pursue with caution. <laughs> this is one where I, you know, I struggle betting on college kids. Uh, I have an issue with betting on people that are younger than me that aren't professional athletes. Oh my. So I tend to stay away from the college field, but it'd be hard for me not to take Bama with the points here. In this you point. shouldn't live in Florida then. They bet on youth, youth football games down there. <laughs> <laughs> it gets real. Um, all right, we're going to start off with our guest. Bobby, who you got? I, I'm going to go with Nick Saban in Alabama. I mean, if you're going to give me three points, personally, I, I forget the spread. I'm t- I'd lay it on the money line and see what kind of juice I could get with it just for everything that we talked about. And, uh, you know, Nick Saban, like I just, I can't get away from what I've seen. Georgia may have had the lead and they may have beat up Michigan. The problem was, is that that was a really bad matchup for Michigan. Michigan, it was. they're not able to play the way Bama does. They didn't have the quarterback. They don't have the receivers on the outside. They were going to try to out Georgia, Georgia. And Stetson Bennett played well. They got a lead and they were able to do to uh, Michigan what they really did every other game outside of Bama, and they're not going to be able to do that. It may be a little closer. I just can't foresee any way where Bryce Young doesn't have a big game. Jamison Williams Williams doesn't have a big game. They'll be able to run the ball a little bit better with Brian Robinson. Like this this Bama team, it's not the best Bama team they've had, but it's, it's probably the best, most complete team. Georgia, I think, is more talented, but Saban always has these guys ready to go. And, uh, you know, it's big. And, you know, it's funny, you know, Nick, you threw out the soft earned dollars right there. And I always, I tell my local show host this in Columbus, we've worked together for a long time and I always would throw out, you know, he'd always say hard earned dollars. I'm like, listen, man, hard earned dollars. You make a lot of money in the NFL, but I'm like, dude, every day I got out of training camp, like every, every morning you wake up, like it's a hard earned dollar. Every single one of them. When you I'm feel like, it, I, that's a hard earned dollar. You wake up in the week 14 and like, your neck is cracking like you can't straighten one of your hands. Like your hard-earned dollars. There are, there are a lot of them. They're fistfuls. But like sitting on your chair talking to a microphone and a camera, I'm like, dude, that is as soft-earned as you can get. <laughs> Although I will say sitting in this chair has has really uh, 
my body went backwards. <laughs> like, like everything tightened up, but I try to run, end up pulling a groin and a hip flexor. So, no, I, I agree. So, Nick, who you got? I'm going to go with Bama also. I'm going to take the points. But I want to I want to ask you guys a question real quick. Do you think if these games weren't played that far apart from the conference championship games about, what, three and a half, four weeks, Bobby, until the college football playoff, do you think we'd see these games be a little bit closer if they were to be maybe two weeks apart? Look, I think the only reason these games are so far apart is so these bowl games can get set up. <laughs> I think that's the only oh, reason. Yeah. <laughs> Logistics. That's, that's part of it. I think a hundred percent that's the logistically to try to, you know, fill airtime and fill space and get everybody else out there. I don't know if the games would be any closer because to tell you the truth, usually the teams with the best coaching, they're the teams that take the best advantage of those four weeks. Right. And regardless of the window, I agree. Yeah. Like the more time you have, the the better coaches usually end up prevailing. And so, Mm. like you look at the, the coaches that have been in this thing. I mean, they're guys very few times. Like, are you seeing any more? A guy who's not a great coach, like I would put like Les Miles in that category, like a Larry Coker, you know, Mark Helfrich, like they get in there. And if they do, they get smoked usually because you can have all the great athletes in the world. But once you start getting to a level where like that starts to even out, right. you give someone four weeks, man, and they can really level up and find like all your deficiencies and just poke on those things an entire game. No, I agree with that. No doubt. That's why when I looked at the um, like the Alabama versus Cincinnati I'm like, if it was a week, it would it would be dangerous for for Cincinnati. But now you're giving Nick Saban enough time to just one number one get his guys rested. <laughs> like that's yeah. that's that's the first issue. Number two, obviously prepare against you. All right, enough college football. Let's get into the NFL. This is our segment, Bobby. We call it Top Dogs. This is where we're going to highlight the Week 18 underdogs that we feel are most undervalued and have the best chance to win you some soft-earned cash <laughs> but before we do land what is it you want to tell us about week 18 so well this is a week where the sports books tend to adjust to public perception more than others because you have a lot of teams that are playing for nothing right like you look at the giants and washington game for example there's no playoff implications you're basically playing for a better draft pick but do these guys want to go out there and lose trying to put um plays on tape maybe you're a free agent whatever it might be and then also you have a lot of guys chasing seasonal milestones 2,000 yards passing leaders incentives as well so these become really really fun to try to navigate where you're gonna put your money on right I like that see see that's why you're that's why you are here with me okay that's why I told everyone I got you I I, (laughs) no you're more than a sidekick bro I told you you're like my uh my Alfred, my Lucius. Alfred, there we go. <laughs> All right, so the first game, 49ers versus the Rams. Rams are favorite, minus four. 62% of the tickets are on San Fran. 88% money is coming in on the Rams. So definitely playoff implications for both teams. For the Rams, it's more so of seeding because they're already in. They can clinch the number two seed with this win. And San Fran gets in with a win, but... It can get in with a loss if the Saints lose to the Falcons because, yes, the Saints are still in it. That's the beauty of this 18-week season. All right, Nick, you want to talk to us about some betting insights here? Yeah, so San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan have had the Rams number 5-0 and straight up in the last five times that they've played the Rams. The Rams are 6-2 and straight up in the last eight games against the NFC. And when you think of the Rams... You think of the Niners, too, the offensive minds both of these coaches have. You might be thinking a lot of points, right, Will? High-powered right. offenses, maybe. Not well, so not much really. here. 12-3, and three, the under, and the last 15 home games for the L.A. Rams. I would say, yes, a lot of points for the general public, but if you pretty much understand what San Fran does, like he, especially against McVay, he just runs the ball down his throat. You know, mm. and Nick, when we talked about the last game, of you know when San Fran just took it to him, I'm like who who knows McVay and Raheem more than Kyle Shanahan, you know? So I I look at this like it, this could be a situation where San Fran gets it done simply because 
the Rams are already in, and San Fran's gonna it's, they're gonna make it a tough and ugly game. They're gonna try to run it down their throat again. They're gonna attack the safeties like they did last game, like every team has done against the Rams. That's why they make me nervous. Somebody said like the Rams are are the biggest threat to the Packers. I still don't think so, simply because of what Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon can do running the football, and that is just the reason why I laugh at this is because so so Bobby. I played corner nickel, and then my my last three years, I got moved to safety, right? And I ended up playing free safety. Just I, I was better in coverage. And there were times where, like, of course, we have to rotate down. And coach was like, no, I, I need you to stay in the post. I was like, I'm good rotating down. He was like, I don't want you down there hitting those backs. And I'm like, I'm like what you mean? Like, I'm good. I, like, I love tackling. He was like, it's different, though. He said, it's like the war of attrition. If you keep coming down there and, and hitting these backs, like, it, it's going to just wear on you. And I was so offended by that where one game I did check down. And I think we were playing Carolina. And I went down there. And I tell you what, though, after the game, I think I think I had my wife like wheelchair me to the car. But um, yeah, I could I could see it like that. What are your thoughts on this game, Bobby? You know, a lot of things you said. I mean, the fact that San Fran's beat him five times straight up, like that's pretty impressive. And we talked about you know Saban, you know, getting in Kirby's head a little bit. I think that there might be a little bit of this going on. And, and I look at this of how these teams are constructed. If you look at how the Rams are constructed. They're constructed, you know, they'll get their zone stretch a little bit going on, but they want to push the ball down the field. That's why they brought Stafford in there to throw the ball. And it's a little bit like the Colts with when Peyton Manning was there. You get a lead, you get right. a 10-point lead, 14-point lead on a team, and then you can let Von Miller, you can let Aaron Donald, these guys up front go get you. The reality is if you don't get that lead and you're playing in a possessional game, they're, they're, they're all right against the run, but that's not what those guys are getting paid big bucks to do. And so that's what San Francisco has been able to do this entire time is they always keep the game close and they just keep grinding on you and grinding on you. And they have a little bit of an undersized defensive front and they just wear you down. And so that's why they've been so effective. The one thing I would say the ace in the hole is watching some of this Rams game last week, like Odell Beckham Jr. They're starting to integrate him pretty well into that offense. And so if you can pair him with Cooper cup and they can be pretty effective, like that's a, that's a tough tandem to guard. And I played with Maddie in Detroit Dude is phenomenal getting the ball out. And I know he's throwing, you know, a number of interceptions. Like, I'm going to take the Rams to cover this. I think they want to have that two seed. You want to be able to play at home. Like, that's a big piece for them with how their offense goes. Right. To be able to be inside, essentially, and, you know, and have the, have, have the warm luxury spaces and don't have to worry about the elements. So, I, I think that they play hard. I think that they go and they get this done. And this is the first time they get that win. And against Kyle Shanahan in a couple of years. No, and I agree. You took the words right out of my mouth when you were like, they they need to get the lead. And obviously, McVay, his halftime stat, I think they lose one game at the half. Is that what it is now, Nick? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, usually I believe so. at, I believe at one point, he was undefeated happened. if he had the lead at halftime. And because I think if they get into a situation where the game comes down to the wire, I, I feel like... Um, McVay probably showed everything and he becomes limited if he's trying to just get explosive points out, out the gate. And you're right. You know, having now drawn up plays, drawing up plays for OBJ. <laughs> so I've been like going nuts. Okay. With this, the whole thing with Cleveland and what have you. And he has to run the system, run the right route to the right spot. It's like, guys, if <laughs> If you have a certain player, you draw up plays for him. If you have an elite receiver, you draw up plays. Like, they're the type of guys you have to feed. You have to get them the ball for them to get hot and get warmed up. So, it was interesting because after OBJ, after the game, OBJ was like, man, it's cool. They had about, they had a couple plays drawn up for me. and I didn't know which one was going to get activated. And they were all, like, touchdown plays. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is a hard one, too, because it, it could really go either way. Like I said, it depends on how motivated the Rams are, and I'm sure McVay is, but at the same time, you don't want guys to get jacked up. But what I am excited about is Cam Akers' return. That is that was that is gonna be huge for them. So I'm gonna <laughs> Bobby, who you got? <laughs> so I'm, I'm taking the Rams, man. I'm gonna take the Rams. I'm gonna lay the four and a half and take the Rams. Okay. So you got the spread. Um Nick. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Rams as well. And uh, I think it's a tone setter for them if they could beat San Fran going into the playoffs. And also, Will, I feel like no one's talking about them being one of the hottest teams in the league. They've won five straight games. 
And I think it's looked pretty bad with Stafford throwing some pick sixes. That's the only he reason leads. why they're saying that. That's the only reason is because of Stafford. That's yeah, it. He, he leads the NFL in pick sixes. He's thrown four of them. And it's looked a little shaky. But I think Odell being thrown into the fold now, too, and you have Cooper Cup running wild, and he has some incentives as well. I think I'm going to go with the Rams here on this one. Well, good. Get those pick sixes out the way. I'm I'm a huge advocate and huge like believer in Stafford, and I've been like that the whole time, especially being in Green Bay and seeing how many times he's broken my hands because I haven't been able to pick him off or throw the ball so damn hard and how elite he was. But this has to be a um, – this is this will this should be a statement game for them, uh, for the Rams. Um, yeah, gosh, but I think the Niners might figure it out. I'm gonna go. Hey, it's there. a big game for them too. You it know? is like a big. They, that's what I'm saying. It matters more. Yeah, this is this is something where I, I like being in this position as we segue into our next game too. Will where you know winning you're in. You don't need to scoreboard watch like some other teams need to. If you're San Fran. Yeah, you can get in with a loss by someone if you lose, but it's better if you could just take care of business. Are they starting Trey Lance again this week? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. You know, I like the Rams. I'm going to pick the Rams too, guys. I just can't. I got to be smart. I got to take care of my money. <laughs> All right. So, game number two. This is a massive one. Chargers versus the Raiders. The Raiders are a three-point underdog at home 56 percent of the tickets and 80 percent of the money are coming in on the chargers so best scenario you can be in when you're in right you control you have control of your own destiny uh basically the winner of this game is in the playoffs so this is this is going to be a a crazy game i should uh, hey we need to talk to t we i need to go to vegas this weekend because i need to be at this game and see what's going on here talk to everybody so nick Talk to us about this game. Yeah, so the Chargers are one and five against the spread in their last six games on Sunday night. Vegas, seven and three against the spread in their last 10 primetime games. Well, this is something that's interesting, man. You actually played in a game like this. Uh, and I was in attendance too as a Giants fan. The oh, Giants in 2011, last game of the season, played against the Cowboys, Sunday night football, winning your in, right? What's the vibe in the locker room? When you have that scenario, is it any well, different than other weeks? No. Well, for us, it was it was everything because we we dropped four straight games that year, which potentially you know could have knocked us out. And then we ended up uh, stealing one against Dallas with the uh, block field goal, I believe it was. And then for some reason, we go to Washington and get smacked. I think they, no, they came to us and they beat us. And then we end up being the Jets, and then it came down to like, okay, let's get this done. So I just think we were just so excited to have a chance, and that's kind of that's kind of how it reminds me of with with Raiders, especially like everything they have gone through to still be in a position to control their own destiny. I was on I was on record early this week, Bobby, and I was saying I was saying that based on my experience of just me looking from the outside in, looking at the Raiders. You have to have a resilient coaching staff to ch- continue to inspire and motivate these players. And you have to have a strong leader at the helm at quarterback. And I'm like, based on what I'm seeing right now, I know people, a lot of people disagree, but Derek Carr has to be one of, probably one of or the greatest leader right now in the NFL because of what's going on in Vegas. So it's amazing you say that, Will, because that's everything I look at this game with the Chargers and how well they're playing. You know, you've got the young, dynamic quarterback. I love what they've done offensively. You know, Brandon Staley's done a great job as their head coach. Like, there's a lot of reasons here to really like the Chargers. I look at the Raiders. I looked at everything that has happened to them. Your head coach gets fired. It's a crazy situation in which he goes down. You've got, you know, your first-round draft pick, your elite receiver that's taking the top off the defense. You know, you've got the DUI, the homicide, vehicular homicide. I mean, all that stuff, people act like it doesn't impact players. I mean, that's stuff, when you have to answer questions about that all season long and guys are coming and going, I mean, that, that takes a toll on you. And the fact that they've won three in a row, and for a long time, people like to clown Derek Carr because, you know, he's a really, he's a great human being. Right. Like, the guy doesn't really curse. You know, he's he's a solid husband. He, you know, he probably doesn't go out. He's not a party. He doesn't do all this stuff. But, the, you know, the guy, he's a worker. He's got a really strong arm. 
And he's done a good job. He's been resilient. And I think it's his leadership now that we're seeing more than ever that he's been able to lead this team. And guys are following him. And he's just been the same dude steady each and every day. And when you have somebody that can do that, that that's a calming presence. Now, they're getting, what, a field goal three and a half in this. Like, I don't know if they can win, but this thing screams to me that it's going to be a tight, tight game. And I just can't imagine the, the Raiders, after everything they've gone, to, gone through this year, laying down. Right. And so, you know, if I'm going to be pressed into this, I mean, this is an, there's a lot of tight games in this, and the spreads are right on. I mean, I would probably take the points. I think the Raiders have a decent shot of winning this thing outright. Yeah, the, the biggest thing for me is with, with the Raiders, as, as long as they just eliminate the, the explosive plays, because that's, you know, Herbert, like you said, any minute he, he, that ball is going 60 and it's, and it's going to the end zone. So this is, a, this is definitely an interesting situation. But like you said, they, they've been in the headlines every single week. And it's not just guys getting in trouble who are on the roster. These are, like you mentioned, these are main players. These are starters. These are last year's first-round picks, you know. They've been in the headlines, even, you know, ha having the, you know, openly gay player playing. They're in the headlines because for that, too, early in the year. But I think from what they have done in training camp in terms of, like, having all these different personalities, all these different cultures, I think they really built a strong culture to be able to handle this type of stuff and then to be in this position. So, uh, talk to, before we make our picks, Nick, talk to us about some betting insights. Yeah, the under is seven and three in the past 10 meetings between these two sides. And the one thing that I find interesting is I, I think the Raiders, that front that they have with uh, Yannick and with Crosby, who's having a monster season also. Yep. I think that's exactly what you need to neutralize some of the stuff that Herbert does well. And also, Will, it's just so hard to trust the Chargers, man. I can't get the Houston. If, if they don't lose to Houston as a 14-point favorite, we're not in this scenario right now. Right. They've already clinched. And that could be something where you're looking back at the season as the Chargers, And there's a lot that they did well that you're proud of. But you're just looking at how do you lose a game like that? And I think it's going to end up costing them. I like the Raiders here in this spot at home because what really? have they've been through. Yeah. For as much as it pains me and financially, I'm invested well, in remember the Chargers. You said you, you told me, number one, when it comes to betting, you say, get out your feelings, Will. You say, get out your feelings. Bet numbers. Right. Yeah. So my my feelings is I'm financially invested in the futures market for the Chargers. Okay. So I hope I'm wrong on this one, but I got to take the points here with the Raiders at home. All right. There you go. You got your pick, Bobby. Who you got? I'm gonna lay the point or take the points, man. I'm gonna go with the Raiders. I don't want to pick the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go money line with the Chargers. That's what I'm going to do there. You can find the rest of this week's lines on the WinBet app. This show is brought to you by WinBet. We've wrapped up week 17 of the NFL season, so what are you waiting for? Download the WinBet app and start winning today. Plus, new users can take advantage of WinBet's bet $1, win $100 offer. If you bet just $1, you can win a free $100 bet on almost any sport. NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, college football, UFC, boxing, and more. And they're also offering a 200% wager matchup up to $1,500. So, Nick, do you see anything on the WinBet app that you like this week? Yeah, I like a Bama money line with the under 52 points plus 330 on the WinBet app if you parlay the two, Will. Uh-oh. See, I got to get my, one, my, my last parlay out of the way this year because I have been over on these. So, I'll check that one out. All right. Thanks, Liam, for all details on the offers you mentioned earlier. Download WinBet now and set the odds in your favor. Offers subject to change. Term and conditions at WinBet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 100-522-4700. All right. So every week, Nick has some random SHIT for me to check out. And this one. It's called incentive and milestone season. So, Liam, take it away. Well, first, I want to ask you, Will, if this is something that also plays in the locker room. Are you guys familiar or is it made? Do you guys are you aware? Do players come up to you or maybe to the quarterback and say, yo, I need five catches to hit this bonus. Maybe you have an interception incentive or a sack incentive. Is this something that 
happens in the locker room, fellas, as you guys have been pros for so long? Or is this something that, you know, your average Joe that is betting on these games just tries to get an edge? Oh, listen, 100%, man. I mean, they may nice. not, like, overtly offensive guys, like, be like, hey, I need the ball, I need this many, but they'll be joking around, and guy, other guys will throw it out there. Like, you see guys like, hey, I'm, I'm all pass rush. I'm, I'm, I'm not playing any draws. I'm not playing any run this week. I'm going <laughs> – I'm all play action. I'm getting the sack play. You know what I'm talking about, Will, the defensive end. They're not playing the run <laughs> the line. They're not playing, playing the around. Boot. They're playing the boot. They're trying to get that. And that's the reality of it. And so guys are playing to win, especially if you're in a playoff situation as well, mm. because you can make a lot of money going into the playoffs too. But you know, guys understand that, and they're going to be aggressive. They're not going to be foolish with things, but they might be a, a tad bit more aggressive than before trying to make one of those plays on defense. And then offensively, yeah, like they may lean into it a little bit to try to make sure they can get a little bit, a couple extra yards or try to make sure that they lobby to get a couple extra balls just to be able to hit that. And, and most of the quarterbacks, like they get it, like the front office, they might not like it, but all the players, man, like you're all on the same team. Like you all want to see your dudes make some cash because they're going to be happier when they get that. And, you know, you might even get a little kickback from that later. You might get, oh. you might get a little kickback from that. Um, speaking of the center, I remember there was one specifically that stood out to me. It was when I was in Jacksonville in 2014. Uh, Senderic Marks, he needed, I think he needed about eight. He needed to hit sack number eight to trigger a $600,000 bonus. And he got the sack on the last play of the game. And I remember he looked up to the front office and he did the money sign. Yes. <laughs> and then... Uh, it was no, it was so dope. And then the whole sideline, we all because we knew he needed one more sack, and so everyone was doing a money sign because he ended up getting that six hundred thousand dollar bonus. So, uh, in my case, like people have more so position coaches probably would bring it up, or maybe the coach brings it up in a team meeting, or maybe the coaches talk about it amongst themselves. But no, it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely out there. Oh man, I love hearing these stories. This is this is awesome because this is what I figure some of these conversations would be like. You know, a guy comes up like Stefan Diggs, for example, right? He's a guy, he needs six catches to earn a $1.55 million incentive for the next two years on his salary. Will, do you think this is something that he can Josh Allen will make done? that happen? Josh Allen is gonna throw the ball to him. Yes. The first like first 15, six gonna go to him. <laughs> and it's gonna be all like quick, all quick game. Josh is that kind of dude, and they have that kind of relationship. The next one you always is want to take care. Of your, you always want to take care of your guy. If you're a quarterback, you got a chance to take care of your receiver. You know, Stephon Diggs is in Buffalo with you. Like, you know, Will and I were playing. There's a long time that dudes didn't want to go to Buffalo anymore. And so if you're Josh Allen, you got Stephon Diggs there. Like, you're doing everything you can to keep him there and make him happy. And like, even outside of money, guys start getting close to records. Like, we start talking about Cooper Cobb right. and some different things. Like Demarcus Ware in Dallas, you brought that up, and I'd completely forgotten about this. I forget how many sacks he had, but he was approaching some milestone, like getting close to twenty or seventeen, or whatever. And he like looked at me, and he'd always, you know, we're out there playing the nickel together, and he don't, they'd always chip. I mean, well, everybody's hanging a tight end, they're chipping backs, and he's like, he's like, play aggressive. He's like, get that chip off of me in a hurry. Like, so <laughs> I'm not in coverage. I'm leaning on my dude to make sure that they aren't double teaming down on him. It's putting my my ass out there a little bit too, but like he, he's your dude, and you want to see your teammates have success. That's yeah, you I'm mentioned saying. Cooper Cup, Bobby. He needs twelve catches to break the single season record held by Michael Thomas. Do you think that happens, Bobby? It's a lot. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of catches. Lot. In that's a, game. a lot of catches. He'll probably get twelve targets. I don't know about twelve catches. I mean, that's and it's the one thing I will say that he's going for him because he was on my fantasy team and. It, his average, he had a good game, not a great game. I needed a big time, big time game out of him to get it done for the championship last week. But all this, all this stuff went to Odell Beckham Jr. So I think that the threat, the last couple games of him playing big, people might start leaning a little bit more towards OBJ, and that might open up Cooper Cup mm. a little bit more, where he had been the focal point of that offense for so long. That's a good. Well, point. what about yeah. you? Um, I don't know because I, I don't think he, I think only once he had more than 12 catches or even 12 catches. I think just one time this year. So I don't think, I don't think it happens. So the last time they played the Niners, if this helps a little bit, fellas, 11 for 122, he posted. So it's, it's, it's going to come not close. 12, 11, not 12. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, you're right. Gronk, Gronk needs seven receptions to earn half a million dollars. You were talking about Diggs. That's Josh Allen's guy. I mean, Will, is there anybody that's more of a Brady guy than Gronk right now? 
not really. And and also, too, they don't have anybody else that's really healthy outside of their tight end. So I can see this being a strong possibility. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if there's a guy with their relationship and connection who's going to throw it to him, it's going to be Tom. And so, you know, you just look at how depleted, like Will said, their weapons are. I mean, you had A.B. walking off the field. I, I know this. You can't ever create – you can't ever earn a bonus if you're not in pads. So, uh, unfortunately, like, Drunk's going to be the guy. He'll probably be getting a lot of coverage. But, you know, that's never stopped Brady from throwing it to him before because he's just so big. He can body you. And the last one here that has some incentive base that I want to mention, Will, is A.J. Green needs 75 yards to earn a quarter million dollars in his incentive. What do you think about that, that one? That might be a touchdown pass. <laughs> That's going to happen. No doubt about it. He's now taken over since De- uh, DeAndre went down. Uh, and he has shown, you know, last week he had a really cool double move versus Trayvon Diggs um, that ended up going for a long gain. So he, he's kind of like, um, he's kind of reborn. It's, it's really, it's, first of all, it's really cool to see that. Because at one point, Adrian Green was, he was on top of that list when you have like Julio, Calvin, AB. Yep. Um, you know, AJ Green was right there as one of those guys and, you know, he dealt with some, some adversity. So it's really cool for him to go to the situation, not just like a, a new team and a fresh start, but he has a, he's, he's around a really good offense. He has a, an elite quarterback um, that's able to find him. So I think it does happen this week. Yeah, I would, I think that it does too. Cause like Wilson, he's one big play away, you know, when you're a yards guy and it's not like he's a possession receiver, you know, he's still got the wheels and he showed it last week that he can still put it down. So you know, 75 yards, that might be two or like three, four catches for him, which if they want to win, that's what they're going to need. The type of production that he's going to have to have. What else you nice. got, Nick? Well, Jonathan Taylor needs uh this is a, this is a big number here, um, but they are playing the Jaguars and they actually do need to win to get in. So there is some right. motivation here, but. To get to that milestone of 2,000 yards, he needs 266, Will. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> but no, but but listen, though, that that is such an interesting number because it, for him, it's it's possible because he has he has the one trait. Uh, obviously, he has the power, the strength, the balance, but he has that, that ability to hit the home run. And that is especially a, a rare trait for someone that strong. And I'm telling you, I he could have he could pop two eighty yarders this week and I would not be surprised uh for him to do that. The thing is, I, I'm with you, Will. Like he's got that speed, the home run ability. I think most of the guys in Jacksonville have already planned their vacations and trips and like <laughs> cars gonna be running in the parking lot. That's funny. But the reality is, I mean as well, if uh if he's still on the field after about a buck fifty, because that means they've probably beaten the Jags by a twenty one. Right. Like Frank Reich, I mean, they might, like, you may see one of the front office guys come down and take him out themselves. Like, you're trying to get in the playoffs. You're not wanting this dude who is your workhorse to be getting beat up and taking needless shots in the second half of a game that you probably have wrapped up. So that's the problem he's got working against him is, yeah, it's a team that's not any good, but nobody's going to want to see him get beat up as well. They don't, but I will say this. Last year, last game of the season, was against the Jags, and he had two fifty three. <laughs> he, he had two. <laughs> he had two fifty three last game of the season last year. JT went berserk, and the and the reason why too, because maybe this could propel him in the MVP conversation. So. Who knows? He's still young. He's still got a lot of action. But to your point, if they are way ahead, it is not that serious. Like he had a great season, and he's he'll he has plenty of years left to have a two thousand yard season. Well, I want to add one thing based off what Bobby said about the 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 Colts being up right twenty one points, and if you're still running them, it doesn't make sense. Last year there was a similar situation with Derrick Henry. He needed a certain amount of yards, a big number. I believe it was about one hundred and eighty nine yards to get to two K, but the Texans kept that game close against the Titans. They came down to a 41-38 score. So they needed all those 250 yards from Derrick Henry to get that win. But this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm really excited about this one to monitor. <laughs> is that all you got for us? That's it, man. That's my, uh, that's my segment that you like. Well, I appreciate that. See, you know, <laughs> I respect that, man, because you work hard, and that's what's super cool. All right. So 
Before we finish up, it's time to make our picks for underdog of the week. This is the dog out of any game, not just the ones you talked about, out of any game uh, this week that we think has the best shot to win outright against their opponent. I'll let Bobby go last week and think about this. Nick, who is your underdog of the week? Man, this is so hard to pick through because so many teams just have nothing to play for, right? So, like, you know, you're looking at something like, uh, man, so, like, the Vikings, right? <laughs> Vikings and Bears. What do what do the Bears do in this scenario? Both teams have nothing to play for. As a Giants fan, I'm rooting for Minnesota to get a better draft pick because they got the Chicago pick. But for me, I think the one that I might dive into, Will, and this is a completely throwing a dart at the wall is Detroit is plus 165. They're at home. There are some rumblings. Are they going to play? Are they not going to play? Aaron Rodgers says he wants to play, but is it going to be like a week three preseason game? Lions have been playing tough. They seem to be caring about these games. I like Detroit plus 165 at home. Really? Yeah. Look, I told you it's going to be a wacky week, man, but it's you're being wacky right now. Yeah, pretty much. But what's say what though? It's gonna be lines. cool to see the. Uh, it's gonna be cool to see the postseason picture with the St. Brown Bros, Equinemius and Amon Ra St. Brown. Oh, that's, that's right. Cool. Yeah. Um, Bobby, you ready to go? Yeah, man. Since you only go second, you acted like I was unprepared for this segment. I mean, no, no, because some, sometimes people want to make their picks. Like, wait a minute, because some guys look at just the the slate we have. I'm like, you could pick any game. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm good. I'm gonna take it. I'm, taking one of the NFL games. I was digging through this. And so a team that still has, you know, some playoff life left. I mean, they, they might be on a respirator, but they still have a little bit of a shot. Um, in a game that's always a slugfest, two teams that in a division that don't like each other. It's always a close game. Uh, the Steelers are getting three and a half at Baltimore. It is Big Ben's last mm. game. It's his going out. He just had his farewell. They beat the Browns in Pittsburgh. You know, when you play for a franchise, you know, for as long as Ben has, 17, 18 years, whatever the heck it's been, he's never played anywhere else. You know, and they've got some veterans on there like Cam Hayward, dudes who are very proud, who want to make sure that he probably goes out the right way right. and doing it in a way to beat Baltimore and give them any hope they have to make the playoffs. They need a lot of help. Right. They, you know, they need some help there, but they still have a little bit of a shot. It's a proud organization. They fight till the end. Mike Tomlin's going to have those guys ready to go. Baltimore has been really beat up. You know, that Pittsburgh defense, I think, is is kind of hitting their stride a little bit now at this point late in the year. So I like the Steelers straight up to take down the Ravens. That's a good call right there. Plus Again, Mike Tomlin. On what did you say? Plus 195 on that one on the WinBet app. And again, shout out to Mike Tomlin. Again, no losing seasons. That's wild. 15 years straight, no losing seasons. I like, I like, I like Seattle over Arizona. I'm I'm big into the NFC West because it's so, you just don't know. It's so unpredictable uh, in terms of that. Rashad Penny has emerged, has been the guy they've been hoping for, you know, to to be that back. I think he was the NFC Offensive Player of the Week this this week, uh, running the rock, doing well with that. And that's Seattle style, right? If Seattle could run the football, that gives them the best chance. So that's to be interesting. I'm gonna pick Seattle to be my underdog of the week all right finally what'd you say it's a brave pick man i mean russ has probably already got his house up for sale they're doing (laughs) showings i mean you know i mean that's bold now hey see it's it's just it's a division situation you know i and and plus seattle has nothing else to play for after this so this is their last game and i I think they're going to try to make do some kind of statement mess up whatever arizona has or just try to do something uh, in in that regard, so that's that's me, man. I'm going with the Seahawks. All right, finally, we're gonna make our favorite pick of the week. This is the team out of any team playing that we think is the biggest lock to cover. So, because since he my dog is prepared, Bobby, take it away. Let's do it. Yeah, I know, I know, Nick likes the Lions, man, straight up. But I'm gonna tell you this, dude. Aaron Rodgers is the biggest troll in the world. He <laughs> lot of, he's gonna go out there and. Just to make sure that everybody sees how good he is. He might try to throw four touchdown passes against the Lions to try to separate himself in the MVP voting. They've been on this this, this Green Bay offense, man. They can they can run it. They can throw it. They can do, do just about everything. And the Lions, they played hard for Dan Campbell, man. I, I know Dan. He's great. That team plays inspired football. They've done a great job all year with it. 
but I mean, you know, two and a half points, I believe three points sitting there. I mean, it, I can't imagine Green Bay not being able to score 31 in this game. And I don't know if the Lions are capable of scoring 31 points, regardless of who they're playing. Did you play with Coach Campbell? Dan left. Uh, he left the Dallas the year I got there. He was up in Detroit, played against him, but he would come back, Will. And you, you know how this goes. Like, he'd come back in the offseason. He was from a and went to A&M. And so he was always hanging around Witten. So right. I never played with Dan, but got a chance to know him over three, four years pretty well, man. He, he's a great dude. It's not surprising these guys are still playing for him. He's honest. He's fair to him. He's a former player. Like, he gets it. And so they're going to play hard. I just don't think they have the firepower. But that's all you ask as a player. Just be straight up, man, and we're good. Uh, Nick, who you got? I'm going to go with the Rams. Minus four. I like it just to the point. We already said what you had to say earlier. Yep. I'm going to go my favorite lock to cover. I'm going to pick the Dolphins. I think Miami keeps this close against New England. Um, I think the Dolphins have enough defense, and lately, offensively, they've been doing well. So I'm going to pick the Dolphins to be my favorite to cover. What do you think about that, Nick? Interesting, because I feel like <laughs> I feel like the Patriots still have an outside chance. If you know, I know it's a hard task because Buffalo is favored by two scores. But in the event that Buffalo drops it to the Jets, who they've kind of been playing well, Zach Wilson since he came back from the injury. But I think uh, New England does struggle in South Beach, so you do have that wrinkle. Yes. <laughs> See, I'm I'm pursuing more caution. All right, let's recap our picks. I like the Rams. Chargers, my underdog of the Seahawks, my favorite of Dolphins. Nick has Rams, Raiders, Lions is his underdog, and his favorite is the Rams. And Bobby, Rams, Raiders, underdog, Steelers. I like that one, the Steelers one. I'm, I need to look at that. And your favorite, Packers. They should just beat them down. All right, that's it for today's show. Next episode, we will recap how Week 18 went down and see how our picks turned out. Bobby, anything you want to promote, please go for it. Oh, man, just uh, make sure you hit up Carp's Corner. We'll dig into all this stuff. Get in the college football playoff championship game. Preview that, you know, coming up this week as well. And then we'll break all that stuff down next weekend as we get close to Black uh, Black Monday where, you know, about five or six staffs in the NFL are going to get whacked and lose their jobs. So I'm sure there'll be lots to get into that next week and try to figure out how that coaching carousel spins and, and who the hot new candidates could potentially be. And where can they find you on social media? You can find me at bcarp3 on Twitter and then Bobby Carpenter the third on Instagram. All right, man. Bobby, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really, really appreciate it. I love, I love bringing former players, man. And I think you do a phenomenal job, not just like in the studio, but calling games. Like for me, I got to call a game. I called a, um, I called a New Mexico game this year and i'm like dude this is like legit because all i do is watch film anyway so it's like i might as well just go out there and talk about it so i appreciate you man um well, thanks, you can follow man. no problem man you can find me at will blackman everywhere nick where can they find you nick day is 10 on all social media and as always do not forget to subscribe throw us a rating and review and tell your friends we will catch you next time peace out